If you take God's Word with me this evening, we'll open to the book of Mark, Mark chapter number 10, and we'll take our Scripture reading this evening, starting in the 46th verse, and we'll read down to verse number 52, the end of the chapter. Uh, Mark chapter 10, starting in verse 46. Very thankful for the opportunity to speak tonight, and uh, I hope that this passage of Scripture uh, will speak to you tonight as it has spoken to me. And... Um, it's a familiar passage. It's one of those passages of Scripture, I think as many are, that you've probably, if you've grown up in church, and I know not all of us have, but if you have, you've, you've probably remembered the Sunday school lesson about blind Bartimaeus and uh, about this man who was blind, who received his sight. And uh, no doubt, if you're anything like me, you, you, you get the picture, the picture of, of the blind man, that, that very obvious uh, application for the lost man who cannot see, who comes to Christ and then can see. And, uh, it, it seems, uh, maybe, maybe, maybe to me, maybe it's not so for you, but it seems so very obvious that the blind could see. It seems like a very, uh, very clear application there. Um, and so before you, you write off this, this account of just being a, a children's, uh, scripture passage or children's story, um, I, I wonder if you would you would challenge yourself tonight with me to try to to try to draw more out of it. And uh, when, when we come to the Word of God, sometimes we read passages like this very quickly. We've seen them before. We understand it. The blind can see. The lame can walk. It's a simple miracle, and we we move on. But I, I like to think sometimes of of the Word of God like going into into a mine. And knowing that there's more gold to be found, more, more gems, more jewels that could be, could be mined in that mine. But sometimes we're just content to grab which is what, that which is easy to grab and walk out. But, but tonight, let's, let's go for it. Let's get in there with the, the pick, with the, with the spade and try to get something out of God's word. Let's read it. Mark chapter 10, starting in verse number 46. The word of God says this. And they came to Jericho. And as he went out of Jericho with his disciples and a great number of people, blind Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, sat by the highway side begging. And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, the son of David, have mercy on me. And many charged him that he should hold his peace. But he cried the more a great deal, Thou son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stood still and commanded him to be called. And they called the blind man, saying unto him, Be of good comfort, rise, he calleth thee. And he casting away his garment, rose and came to Jesus. And Jesus answered and said unto him, What wilt thou that I should do unto thee? The blind man said unto him, Lord, that I might receive my sight. And Jesus said unto him, Go thy way, thy faith hath made thee whole. And immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus in the way. Very, very powerful passage of Scripture of a, of a man who was sitting, a man who was begging, but a man whose life was changed in one encounter of Jesus Christ. You see here, as, as we see the setting of, of the passage of Scripture, we see that the Lord Jesus Christ is really coming to the end of His itinerant ministry. He has traveled around 
He's been all throughout Israel and he's, he's gone to Capernaum. He's gone to Jericho. He's gone to Jerusalem. He's been here, there, and everywhere. He, he's been throughout Canaan. And now he's coming and he's preparing for the Passover. He's preparing to enter into Jerusalem for what would really be the last few weeks, the, really the last week, the last few days of his life. And he's coming to the very end of, of his ministry amongst the people. And the next, in the next week, he's going to, to get uh, on the back of a, of a colt, on the back of a donkey. He's going to ride into Jerusalem and the people are going to exalt him one day. And the next few days, they are going to, to, to murder him, to persecute him and to eventually hang him on the cross where he will bleed and die. But before he does that, he, he stops in Jericho. And he does one last miracle. And it's, it's in the life of this man, Bartimaeus. Now, the, the scriptures in the book of Matthew, Mark, and Luke all record this, this account. And, and as, as, as the, the synoptic gospels, those three gospels often do, they give different aspects of what happened. In fact, in the book of Matthew, the, the scriptures record that there were two men present. Now, Mark and Luke only record for us one. And it's only Mark that tells us that this man is Bartimaeus. And uh, it's interesting, some people really struggle with this. They say, why Why does the Word of God seem to contradict? Uh, I, I don't think it contradicts. It's just telling different angles of, of something. If, if, if you look from me uh, at me from, from this side, you, you would see a, a weird mark. If you looked at me from this side, you wouldn't. You, there are different angles. And so somebody might describe uh, a large hole in a man's head from one angle and a normal head from the other. I know that seems like a, a petty and, and sim- simple example, but it gives you the idea that seeing something from a different angle would, would give you the, a different description, a different definition. And I think that's what we see as we look at these passages of Scripture in Matthew, Mark, and Luke. But notice what's happening here. Jesus is going to Jerusalem, and as he goes, people recognize that there's something different about him. And so the scriptures tell us that a great multitude is with him. I, I think as he as he was progressing closer and closer and closer to Jerusalem, that more and more people probably were joining him in the way. And so at this point, everyone knows who this carpenter boy is. They know who Joseph's son is, that he's going around performing miracles. Everybody has heard if they haven't seen that there is a man who can who can make the lame to walk, who can make the deaf to hear, who can give blind their sight, and has even raised the dead and, and, and brought them to life again. And so no doubt there is a lot going on, and he's going to perform this last miracle. This last miracle in this man's Bartimaeus' life. Now when you think of Bartimaeus, and you look at his life, the, the Scriptures tell us a few things about him in verse 46. And, and really about this other man that was with him. I think the reason we know Bartimaeus' name is, is maybe Bartimaeus was close to Mark after he was, he was born again, after he started following Jesus. And so he uses his name. But the Scriptures tell us really two, maybe three things about Bartimaeus. First of all, it tells us in 46 that he was blind. He was blind. Physically, he could not see. Whether he was blind from birth or blind from some other illness or cause, we don't know. But the man couldn't see. 
And uh, presumably, he, he hasn't been able to see for some time. And so we see that physically, he was lacking. Not only was he blind, but the Scriptures secondly tell us that he sat in verse number 46 right at the end there, sat by the highway side begging. So he was physically lacking, but also he was begging. In other words, he was asking for money. And so we see that physically he was lacking, but also uh, I think it's quite clear that he was lacking financially. He, he didn't have what he needed if it weren't for what others gave him in charity. He was a man who, who financially was lacking. And I think from these things and from what we know of Bart, Bartimaeus, we can say that he's blind. He was begging. I think we can probably draw a conclusion that he was a man who was just a broken man. He didn't have much. You can imagine a man who, who lives on the streets and, and maybe he had a home, but every day he would, he would have to wander out, uh, down, down the path. Maybe somebody would help him, maybe not. And he would try to, to get a good spot. I know many of the, the homeless people, uh, in, in Oxford often want to sit right outside of the supermarkets or, or the, or the, the shops where, where many people are passing and, and they get irritated sometimes one with another if they can't get a place that is good for begging. And you can imagine this man was, was doing the same thing, maybe with his stick, trying to find a place where he can sit and, and beg for money, hoping for a good location. And this day he found a location, no doubt. And the person that would pass by would, would soon to discover that he found the best location he could ever be in. The location where Jesus would pass by. He didn't have it all together. You see his need. I can imagine that the world probably wasn't that, that kind to him. And, and he lived in a day where, where there weren't soup kitchens and there weren't uh, charity shops that were there to help him. He, he lived in a day where people who had ailments such as this were pushed down and pushed away. He, he wouldn't have been able to find a job. There wasn't anybody trying to give him a leg up. He was a man who was stuck, blind, and hopeless. He was hopeless. He knew that he had a need. But he found himself in the right place that day. He found himself, probably where he found himself often, begging, the Scriptures tell us in verse 46, by the highway side. He, he was where many people would pass by. Evidently, uh, 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 it says that, that as they went out of Jericho, so maybe on the edge of Jericho where many people were coming in and coming out, this man, Bartimaeus, was sitting begging. And uh, I, I think it's so interesting. If, if you are a beggar, it is essential that you go to a place where people are going to go. It would not be beneficial to a beggar to go somewhere where they would not find people to beg from. In fact, it wouldn't be good for a beggar to go and just stay home all day. He, he, and he could beg to the gnats that flew by, but he would be hopeless if he stayed at home. He needed to go somewhere where sustenance, in a sense, could be found. And uh, what, what, the same is true spiritually. If, if you are here tonight and, and you, you, you hear about this man who is blind, who is, who is physically, financially, and socially seeming to be broken, and, and lacking. But I wonder tonight, are you spiritually lacking? What do you, what are you lacking spiritually? Well, if, if you know in your heart that there's something you need, then I encourage you to go to where you can find it. 
It, it amazes me how many people we see come through this church maybe once or twice who know they have a need spiritually, who know they are lost. And how many times have, have you and myself heard somebody say, I, I know that I'm lost. I know that, that I, I am not born again. I, I am seeking, but, but I can't find, yet they don't come back to church. They don't come back to the Word of God. They don't try to pray. And that might be true for you tonight. Maybe you're a Christian. And you say, you know what? I, I know in my life I'm struggling. I know in my life that, that I'm not growing in my Christian faith. I'm not growing in my walk. Then why do you, why do you not attend church more regularly? Why do you not get together with brothers and sisters in Christ more regularly? Why do you not open the Word of God on a daily basis? Why do you not get on your knees every day and ask God, if you know that you are a beggar, if you know that you are in need of help, then why every day do you sit at home in your comfy, cushiony couch and turn on the television and and watch and, and scroll through Facebook. Can I tell you, uh, there are some things that you might find that are good on the telly or on Facebook or on YouTube, but that's not the place to find it. The place to find sustenance is here. It, it, is, it is on your knees before the, the throne of God seeking His face. As the beggar who goes out day after day seeking amongst the multitudes for sustenance because that's where it's found. So should you and I be in our own spiritual lives. Seeking the Lord where He may be found. Why, why is it that we go where He's, he's not? This is, this is the, the thing that was happening in, in Bartimaeus' life. And, and he goes out where he could find it. He, he, he had gone to the streets. And I love it. As, as he is on the streets, uh, no doubt the busy place, something came by that day that he heard that had hap- never happened before. Maybe it had happened, but, but he asked. The, the book of Luke tells us that he, he specifically says, in hearing the multitude pass by, he asked what it meant. I wonder, I wonder maybe, maybe you're watching on, on the live stream, maybe you're here tonight and, and you've never been born again. Can, can I tell you, why don't you ask somebody who has been? What is all the commotion about? Why, why, who would set up a marquee in the middle of a field in the middle of summer when it's, when it's, uh, 30 plus degrees and, and come out and try to sing praises of the God? Why, why don't you ask? That's what he did. He, he asked. And, and guess what the people said? And they told him that Jesus of Nazareth passeth by. That Jesus of Nazareth... Now, many people might have passed by on that road before, but that night, someone passed by that had the power on earth to change that man Bartimaeus' life. It was Jesus of Nazareth. Now, now Jesus was, was in Nazareth, and we know that, but notice how, how, how Bartimaeus responds. Now, Bartimaeus, he recognizes he's blind. He recognizes his need. He recognizes that he needs help. That's why he's there on the streets begging, looking for help from people. But today, a man like no other man has come by Bartimaeus' way. A man who, who could do something in Bartimaeus' life like no one else on planet earth ever could. He recognized his need, his depravity, his lack, his dissatisfaction. And what does he do? 
he cries out. He cries out to the Jesus Christ that passed by. See, I think one of the greatest problems in our world today, I think if you and I were to go out into the streets of Oxford today, if we were to go into the city center of London, if we were to go to Bristol or to, to, to Newcastle or, or anywhere up and down the United Kingdom and really in this world, I think, I think that it's probably safe to say that we would find one thing more prevalent than all, all the rest in the hearts and minds of the people of this world. And I think it's this. It's spiritual complacency. Now often we go out to the streets and we, we, we preach or we share the gospel and people will stop and desire to argue about Islam or they'll desire to argue about atheism or evolution and these things. But if we were honest and we were actually able to stop every single person and ask them what they thought about what happened to them when they died, I think you would find that maybe 8 out of 10, maybe 7 out of 10 people would say, I don't know. And you'd say, well, what do you think about that? And I think they'd say, well, whatever happens, happens. I'm a good person. I think it'll be okay. They're complacent. They're, they're content to be uncritically satisfied with life how it is. They're, they're satisfied. You know what? I, I've got today. I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. And I'm complacent. I'm content. I remember... Uh, uh, um, a few years ago, we were trying to shoot a, a video during one of the symposiums we did. We used uh, those Oxford symposiums, and, and we were trying to find out the spiritual climate of Oxford. And so we were, we, were, we were asking different people, hey, would you do a quick interview with me? And we'd shoot a video. And we were looking. We wanted to make a video that showed an Islamic person and a Hindu person and an atheist and a person who is agnostic. We wanted this variety. And every person we went up to, it took us hours to find people who differed because most of the people, their religion was none. They had none. N-O-N-E. They weren't nuns with the, with the scarves and things. They had no religion. They did not care. And you'd say to them, well, what's your purpose in life? And they'd say, I don't know. I'm just living today. I go to work and I, and I go home and I, I, I eat food and, and tomorrow I'll, I'll do the same. You say, well, well, what's, what, how are, how should you live? And they say, well, I don't know. You say, is this good or is this good? I don't care. Where did you come from? The scientists say evolution. I don't know. You would ask them all those apologetical questions to try to pin them down and they'd be like, I, I have no clue. And the reality is, is that is most people in our world today. They're complacent. They don't care. Can I tell you, that was not Bartimaeus. He was not complacent. I think the reason that so many people, Satan has, has woven this beautiful web of lies that has caused people to just sit back in their cushiony uh, Western lifestyle and not care a lick about their soul. I wonder tonight, do you care about your soul? The saddest part is, is that complacency has crept into the church. And there are many in, in Western Christianity that are just as complacent going to church, attending a service, and going home and living the exact same lifestyle, not really knowing why they're here, what they're doing, or where they're going. I wonder, is that you? Are you complacent? Or are you like Bartimaeus? 
who when Jesus passes by, you lift your voice and you say, Lord, stop, come here. Have mercy on me. Now, no, notice, notice what Bartimaeus does. It says, and when he heard that Jesus of Nazareth in Mark chapter 10, verse 47, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, thou son of David. Now, this was an absolute recognition that the Messiah was passing by. See, the people told him that it was Jesus of Nazareth. But Bartimaeus, in his own understanding, had heard about the people who were blind, who could see in, in other parts of the, of the world. He had heard about those who were lame, who could walk. No doubt he probably heard about this man, Lazarus, who had come forth from the dead. And he, he cries out, he says, he knows in his heart, this is the Messiah. This is Jesus of Nazareth. And he says, Jesus of Nazareth, have mercy on me. With an urgency, with a with a, a, a passion and a fire in his own soul, he says, have mercy on my soul. Come to me, Jesus. He says, I want to seek your face. I want to speak with you. I wonder where, where are those tonight in this world that have a fire in their bones to seek the Lord? That who, who are willing to say, Jesus is passing, Lord, Lord, come my way. Come sit and spend a bit of time with me. Come do something in my life. I recognize that I'm blind. I recognize that I cannot see. I recognize that there are things in my life that I lack. Lord, would you come and do something in my soul? And that, that's not just for the man who is lost. I look around the, the people that are here tonight and, and many of you I believe to be true followers of Jesus Christ. But I wonder what are you lacking in your life? What if you took just a moment to inquire in your own soul? Or are there sins that are still prevalent in, in your heart and mind? The psalmist said, let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O God. I wonder, are the meditations of your heart, what you think about, are they things that are acceptable to God? What about the things that maybe the sins of omission, the things that you're not doing that you know you should do, and every now and then you feel that pool and that guilt in your heart? I wonder if you inquired your own soul tonight. Where do you lack? And you say, maybe this is a, a blind spot. This is a spot where I can't see. I wonder, would you cry out to God as He passes by tonight? And say, Lord, Lord, come do something in my heart and soul. Come do something in my life. This complacency of, of coming to church and, and singing four hymns and, 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 and listening to, to Pastor Moreland preach week after week and then going home and living life just like the rest of the world. Can I tell you, it's not the red hot, the white hot Christianity that God desires. God, God described the church in the, in the book of Revelations as lukewarm and that He would spew them out of His mouth. I wonder, is that you? Is that me? If Jesus passed by your heart tonight, would, would you just watch Him walk by? Or would you with Bartimaeus cry out? Say, Jesus, Thou Son of David, have mercy on me. Now what's, what's utterly astounding to me is what happens in verse 48. Is that as, as this man, Bartimaeus, he's sitting and he, and he sees Jesus. He, or he doesn't see, I'm sorry. He hears Jesus passing by. He cries out. Guess what the multitude does? The people who, who get to follow Jesus, the people who are there with Him, who have heard Him, who have seen Him, who are, who are following Him, and who in just a few days are going to lay palm branches that He might ride in on the colt. Those people, guess what they do? 
They shush him. Bartimaeus, be quiet. Sit down. Stay seated. Just come on. No. They say, we, Bartimaeus, just be quiet. You're disturbing us. We're passing. We're moving out of Jericho. You just stay seated. You're fine. Uh, can I just pause there for a second? Don't you dare be a Christian that hinders somebody from coming to Christ. Don't, don't you dare call yourself a follower of Christ and when somebody else rises up and says, I want to follow Christ, I want to go wherever He wants me to go and say, I don't, no, you be quiet. How many, how many stories have I heard of, of, a, of a young person who God was dealing with? Maybe, maybe to go into the ministry and their parents said, no, 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 you, you stay here. Go, go get a degree in, in dentistry. Go get a degree in, 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 uh, as a lawyer. Go, go do something else because the, the life of a, a minister is not very good. Or, or how many times have you, you heard of somebody who had just come to Christ and you hear about the older Christian saying, oh, don't worry, I know you just came to Christ, but soon it will sizzle out. Oh, calm down. You don't need to evangelize the world this week. How many times have you heard of people who were recently converted? I know Pastor Moreland's own testimony is like that. My wife's testimony is like that. She got a real fire right when she was, was born again, when she put her, her trust in the Lord. And, and some of the older Christians she knew said, no, calm down, calm down. Don't you dare be that Christian. In fact, if you are that Christian, I wonder if you are a Christian. If you would hinder somebody from following the Lord, that's what that Christ Christ said that to the disciples. They, they forbid the children. And Jesus Christ said, Forbid them not, for of such is the kingdom of heaven. He said, It were better for you that a millstone were hanged about your neck and you were cast into the sea than that you would cause one of those little ones to stumble. May that not be a single one of us tonight. That's who these people were. Now, I praise the Lord that Bartimaeus wasn't complacent. Because when they shushed him, when they said, Bartimaeus, be quiet, guess what Bartimaeus did? The Bible says this in verse number 48, and many charged him that he should hold his peace, but, but Bartimaeus, he cried the more a great deal, thou son of David, have mercy on me. When the people said, stop, stop, calm down, you know what Bartimaeus did? He said, no, I want to see Jesus. Jesus, have mercy on my soul. Do a work in my life. He said, nobody, nothing is going to stop me. And he sought the Lord. He, he, he cried all the louder. He would not be hindered because he knew that Christ was what he needed. I wonder tonight, do you know that Christ is what you need? See, the reality is, is I think most of us and, and, and myself, if I, if I'm honest, would, would raise my hand and say, there are times in my life where, where I think the next paycheck is more important. And it would be better for me maybe to, to go to work a couple extra hours than to spend a little bit more time with the Lord. Or, or many of the children in, in, in their exams and things like that say, you know what, maybe a little bit more study in my exams, and, and maybe the parents, as I even begin to say this, their ears perk up and say, maybe a little bit more study in my exam is more important than knowing the God who created all things. 
There are many, uh, many uneducated men in the history books, many uneducated women in the history books that God has used to turn this world upside down. And they will have eternal riches. They didn't have a big cushiony house. They didn't have a nice fancy fast car with six gears. They didn't, my car has six gears, but they didn't have all those things. They didn't have it all together. But can I tell you something? They invested in eternity because they sought the Lord. We, we have made everything on this planet so important to us. We have made our, our, our own houses. They, they live in sealed houses, but the temple of God lieth in waste. That's, that's what uh, happened in Nehemiah's day. The people built their own houses and neglected God's house. I wonder, is that you? Are you more concerned about your earthly riches than God's heavenly riches? Bartimaeus, he was not. He pursued the Lord. He sought the Lord. He, he, he had this desire, uh, a desire like, like a fire that could not be put out. And as the people splashed water on it, it only grew bigger. I wonder, is that your soul? Is that your own desire? Would you and I be people who seek the Lord? David said, one thing have I desired of the Lord, that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to behold the beauty of the Lord. We're so concerned about the beauty of of this world, but what about God's beauty? Everything beautiful you have ever seen draws its beauty from God. He is the Creator. He is the designer, the one who breathes life into all things. If you've ever seen a beautiful sunset, guess what? It comes from God. If you've ever seen uh, a, a, a beautiful whatever, you name it, the ocean, the forest, the trees, another person, can I tell you it comes from God? David said, that's what I desire. Jacob wrestled with God one night and he said this, I will not let thee go except thou bless me. I'm going to hold on to God. I'm going to cling to Him. I'm going to to grab and wrestle with Him until He works in my life. Moses said, Lord, he had spent he had spent tons of time with the Lord. Uh, Moses had spent uh, 40 years in the wilderness, no doubt, knowing the Lord. He had seen a bush that was not consumed, but it burned. He, he had been in the presence of God, and yet he said these words, show me thy glory. After he'd spent all that time with God, he wanted more. I wonder if that's you. There, there are Christians here tonight that no doubt have been seeking the Lord longer than I have been born. But I wonder, do you still want more? Are you complacent? Have you had enough? Maybe, maybe in your younger years, you had enough. Or will you keep going? The psalmist said, as the heart panteth after the water brook, so my soul longeth after thee. You know what? As much as I need water, as much as I need sustenance in, in the hot day and tomorrow when it's pushing 40 degrees Celsius, as much as you desire water if you're out working in the hot sun, so my soul longs for God. Is that you? Do you long for God that way? You, you know, how, how many, how long do you go without having a sip of water? Can you go that long without having time with Christ? We eat three times a day. How often in the day do you seek the Lord? Bartimaeus, a blind beggar, sitting by the highway side, hears that Jesus Christ is passing by 
and he cries out. The people forbid him and he cries out the more because he wanted to meet with Jesus. And guess what happens? Verse 49, And Jesus stood still and commanded him to be called. And they called the blind man, saying unto him, Be of good comfort. Rise, he calleth thee. And he cast away his garment and rose, and he came to Jesus. I wonder tonight, have you come to Jesus? Have you called upon him? Have you, have you sought the Lord and have you come into His presence? And notice what Jesus said, verse 51, And Jesus answered, said unto him, What wilt thou that I should do unto thee? I love that. Jesus, Jesus said, what, what can I do for you? What would you like from me? He, he offers him this, this extension, this hand, and he says, Sir Bartimaeus, what can I do for you? Now Bartimaeus is already has faith in his heart. He already is calling out, Messiah, save me, do something in me. And Bartimaeus says this, the blind man said unto him, Lord, that I might receive my sight. Oh, that I might see. Oh, that I might see the beauty of the Lord. Oh, that I might see the, the holiness of God. Oh, that I might understand His grace. That I might understand His love. That I might see His mercy. That I might see the patience of God. The long-suffering of God. That I might see the joy of my salvation. He cries unto God that I might see. He desired to know God. He desired. He, he cried. He sought. He knocked. He asked. He prayed. He pursued God steadfastly with all His might that He would stop and speak to Him. And He said, I'm not going to stop. I'm not going to stop until He does. And Jesus finally does. And He asks that He would see. What's amazing to me, think about that moment as Jesus is standing there looking at Bartimaeus and Bartimaeus says, give me sight. And Jesus Christ looks him in the eyes and He says, go thy way, thy faith hath made thee whole, and immediately he received his sight. The first thing that man saw with his blind eyes was the face of his Savior. I wonder tonight, have you seen the face of the Savior? Have you, have you seen? I don't mean with your physical eyes. I've never seen him with my physical eyes. I've never had uh, light through the window. I've never had uh, a voice from heaven. I've never been stopped on my way to Damascus. I've never had that. But can I tell you, with the eyes of my heart, I have seen Jesus. I've seen Him. How shall they hear without a preacher? I've seen Him through His Word. Christ has come. Christ has worked. And can I tell you this tonight? Maybe, maybe you're with Bartimaeus and you recognize that you lie blind, that you lie begging, that you lie broken. Maybe tonight you recognize with the psalmist that your sin is abounding. But can I tell you something? The Word of God tells us that where sin hath abounded, grace doth much more abound. And if you're here tonight and you know you, you can look at your life and you can say, you know what, sin is abundant in my life, then can I promise you something on the authority of God's Word that grace is abounding in your life? Because where sin hath abounded, grace doth much more abound. And, and can, can I go even a step farther and say this? That the sin of this world 
is not more abundant than the grace of God. There is enough grace for every sin that has ever been partaken on this world. I do not believe that your sin and my sin and the sin of this world is more abundant than the grace of God. A God who has infinite grace. And tonight, as you sit begging, Christ passes by. I wonder, will you cry out to Him? Will you, will you seek His face? Will you, will you not listen to the, to the philosophies and the doctrines of this world, the false doctrines of this world that, that tell you, say, don't come to the Lord? Will you cry unto Him tonight? That's what He did. The Bible tells us that He had faith. And, and, and guess what happened? The Scriptures tell us in verse 52 that He followed Jesus in the way. Uh, verse 43 of, of, of Luke chapter 18 says, And immediately He received His sight and followed Him, glorifying God. And all the people, when they saw it, gave praise unto God. And you and I as Christians tonight, when we see a brother or sister come to the Lord, when we see the blind begin to see, we ought to be willing to praise the Lord with that person. We ought to exalt the Lord. I wonder tonight, will you glorify God with your life? Let's close with a word of prayer. Father, we thank Thee for Thy Word. And we thank Thee for this account, this historical account of Bartimaeus. And in our own souls, and our own minds, we, we feel like we too are like Bartimaeus, that we remember the day when we sat by the highway side begging, blind, depraved in our sin, unable to come to Thee, lacking in every way. And yet we saw Thee pass by. We cried unto Thee. And You saved us, Lord. I pray that we would continue to pursue Thee, that we would continue to seek Thy face, that we would continue to know Thee, Lord. Please work in us, I pray. Please do a work that only Thou art able to do. And tonight, if there's one here that doesn't know Thee, maybe it's a child, maybe it's a, uh, an elderly person, I don't know, Lord, please draw them unto Thyself and save their soul. We pray these things in Jesus Christ's name. Amen.